keys to the city, baby. When you see us, so you know you really viewing greatness in the making. Double up on facts we stating. Podcasting, cruise control, city, state, the nation. So what you saying? What we saying? Prime information. Facts, keys to the city. We're locking the statements. Streaming every Friday. And ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Clovercrest Media presents Keys to the City. Richmond, all social media platforms at Keys to the City, including Twitch. So subscribe, comment, share, and like. And look who we have back again. The Joseph Aguirre is here. You can follow him also at Twitter at the Podcast Joe or Podcaster Joe. Joe, I have Podcaster Joe. Yeah, baby. Oh, yeah, I podcaster. love it. There you go. So, whoa, whoa that's a that's a lot of things going on, Chuck. We got a lot of things going on. We got a lot of things going on in baseball. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's officially April, so you know what that means. Draft month, a lot of draft talk. We're going to be talking the NFL draft later on. But the 49ers really going to take Mac Jones. We'll get into that. And then the Atlanta Falcons. Like I said, we kind of talked about it a little earlier in the week with Ted. Ted, your hair's fine. Don't worry about it. It looks good. Don't worry. You didn't miss any spots. Anyways, it looks good. We all have nice hair. We're Italians. Don't you cut us here, Joe. Did you cut your freaking hair? hair? No, no, no. It's not cut. It's just it's too much. Oh, bro. What's the matter? It's no, 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 no. He's got his. He's got his. He's got his opponent. Trust me, I've seen his opponent. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, 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 it's locked and loaded back it's here, baby. All business. <laughs> Speaking of a team that should be locked and loaded, but is having major issues once again, are those New York Yankees? And I put this question. It's a very broad question, but this is a question that we're going to branch out into multiple facets. So what are the future plans of the New York Yankees? We had on Joe a couple weeks ago and talked about this New York Yankee team. And Joe, we talked about it earlier before. We talked about it before the show. It's kind of getting to the point of frustration. Um, You don't like to see things on repeat. You don't like to watch things on repeat unless you're obsessed with stuff. And this is what I talked talked to you earlier about that. It feels like we are on repeat with the New York Yankees right now. What do I mean by that is plain and simple four years ago, this was a better team than it is. Now the pitching might not be as great. The offense was better in the sense of clutch hitting well, runners in scoring position. They didn't rely on just the long ball. The long ball was always there. It will always be with the New York Yankees. You can put that associate each other forever. It doesn't matter. It's been going on since baseball started. But my thing was the biggest difference between that team was the clutch hitting. And again, the pitching has been outstanding for the New York Yankees right now. That's not the issue. The issue came down to, again, can the Yankees, and we all talked about this, can the Yankees come up in the clutch with runners in scoring position? And guess what? We're at it again, year four or year three. Is this year four with Boone? I keep getting confused. This is year four with Boone? Four, but year four. We're in year four with Aaron Boone, and this is the same issue. Joe, you see the first week, and then we'll get into Ted. You see the first week of this. How are you feeling overall about this New York Yankee team? Or I should say specifically the offense. All right. Well, yeah, the because I do like you. The pitching's been fantastic. A one point seven four ERA for the staff. Are you surprised? Are you surprised that it's been that good so far? I mean, I know it's only been six games, but still. I'm always optimistic about the pitching and I, you know, the Britain injury, I was concerned about replacing Canely uh, was going to be an issue and, you know, not having Chapman the first couple of games and they've been just fine. Um, you know, I, I uh, just not to get too much on the pitching. I think Herman was over amped in his first start in two years. 
Otherwise, the starters have all looked really good. It's been frustrating. We all agreed before the show, the Yankees could very well be 6-0. and They've been yeah. leaving a ton of guys on base. I mean, every time they put some guys on, you, you immediately start to get that sense that they're not getting anybody in. You could sort of see them almost struggling. There, there is too much still, I think, of an emphasis on trying to hit the long ball, you know, where a, a dribbler up the middle knocks in two runs and, and everybody's looking for the salami. Not a good idea. I, you know, when, when DJ LeMahieu in particular, a guy who the last couple of years has been one of the best in baseball driving runners in scoring position, he's had some opportunities he hasn't come through. <laughs> um, Judge has had a couple games where, you know, last at bat is huge uh, and comes up short. And it's frustrating. It, you're right. It's very much like it's on repeat here. Yes. And it's already started right off the bat in game one. I mean, you as a team, and I talked to Joe or Ted about this, you had 12 strikeouts as a team. And Garrett Cole pitched a gem again, as usual. But when you only score two runs, you're not going to win. And this is why we always kind of like joke with you with the whole Mets and Jacob DeGrom, because it's like, that's what, that's what kind of happens with the Mets. The Yankees, this team is too talented from top to bottom to be only scoring two runs. And that's where it started right from the beginning, Ted. So I'm going to rephrase this in two parts. My first part is this could be our, like we usually do an overreaction, right? Because we're, 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 we're jumping the gun, you know, in football, you can jump the gun because there's only 16 weeks in a season and there's only 16 yeah. games. No, there's 162 games, and we're going to look back at the end of the season in September, and we're going to laugh at each other. But remember when we were yelling about the Yankees in April, and they're like 92 and 38 were like 10 yeah, games left? Like, Hold, Hold on. It's not about, to, it's not about the overreacting. Hold on. Let me do my thing, and then you can do your thing, all right? Welcome to, well, hey, welcome to three years of dealing with it. I don't – well, now, see, that, yeah, now, yeah, yeah, yeah. now yeah, yeah, yeah. if you want to have fun with this, we could use this as a Yankee metaphor, okay? So what I'm saying is the Yankees will probably finish in first place in the AL East, which I think we all expect. Now, listen, this team, as it's constructed right now, is still the best team in the AL, okay, talent-wise, top to bottom, pitching, bullpen, hitting bu- – you know, ownership management, okay? The problem is, and you said it to me the other day, Trevor, and I do agree with you. This team currently constructing, though, I still don't feel is going to win the World Series, even though they're the most talented team in the L. Now, to my second part, and you're going to laugh at this. I feel like this is a relationship that you've gone too far with, and you're trying to make it work, right? You know how you get into that wall of relationship? Yeah, and relationship you, listen, listen. <laughs> You know what you're going to expect. You're going to have your good days and bad days. You get to that point in your relationship two, three years down the road, it's like it's a make or break. Are we getting engaged? We're getting married. Are we going to win the championship? Or are we going to just move on and break up and start fresh? Because this team, I do expect them to win 90-plus games. The problem is I don't care about 90 games. I don't care about 100 games. I care about a World Series. And I think this team, mid-July, it needs to make a huge move. Because, story. because listen, I don't want to give her to judge. I don't want to give her to But sometimes you need a drastic change in your life. Remember, Trevor, we talked about this, and this is outside of sports. Sometimes you need something bad to happen in your life, something that really changes your life to be like, damn, I need to get my stuff together, or else I am going to fall in a bad hole and I'm gonna and I'm gonna fade away. Okay. Mm-hmm. This team needs to figure out a different. They need a, a jolt, something, Trevor. I'm telling you. Hicks needs to go. They need to make a trade. Judge, listen, you know those funny Yankee fans that we make fun of? Time to trade. Figure out a job. 
I mean, this is like, listen, the same thing because I know you're going to get into it with Judge and the injury, but, like, I'm watching the same story. Trev, here's a perfect example. Remember the old job you used to have in Stanford, Connecticut? What company were you watching? Hallmark, right? And every movie starts the same way. Girl loses a guy, lives in a sappy town during Christmas, finds this guy with a, is broken up with his wife, needs helps her fix her car. Next thing you know, they fall in love, they kiss, and the movie and show ends. And then they watch the next one, and the same thing happens. I feel like that's the same way we're going to look at this Yankee team again after 2021. Who would have thought I heard a Hallmark reference on Keys to the City? And anyways, here's my thing. Hold on, Joe, a quick thing. It's not an overreaction. It's more of like, yes, I know it's only six games and there's 162 games, 156 games left. I understand that. But like I said, it's about it's like being on repeat. I just don't see this team currently constructed. And I'm not talking about the the pitching staff. I feel like when you get Severino back, that's just gonna add another huge acquisition. <laughs> like a trade deadline move like we always like to say it's more of the fact that and you're gonna get Britt back we see judge has a nice game and then he's already dealing with soreness glaber has hasn't be, been there from the beginning but he's still having his issues at short Gary, we've been talking about him can't hit in the clutch stan hasn't been there from the beginning and i want to talk about this from 2017 when they made it to oh uh, to the alcs and that was an overachieving team we never thought the yankees were going to get it that year but now you look back, they haven't been to the ALCS since that game. Aaron Boone, yes, has had 100 win seasons back-to-back years. That's awesome. But they haven't been to an AC- ALCS since Joe Girardi, and they fired him. Now we're in the same predicament. I just don't see this team, with its currently constructed, going to win a World Series. I just don't see it. Now, could they get out of the AL? Yes, because they should. They should, but that's the key word. They should get out of the AL based off of talent, but we said that for the past, I don't know, a couple of years, that they should be one of the teams to get out of the AL, but they haven't. Joe, before you uh, come back, I just want to say this one thing, Trev. While you were talking, I'm like, all right, what team can I relate to them perfectly? It's New Orleans Saints, bud. Think about this, Trev. The last four years, right? Very good team. Talented, if not the most talented team ever. Right? And what did you get? The same result every single year. Now, I'm not blaming Breeze for it. I'm not blaming anyone. All I'm saying is this was a team that four years ago thought was going to go to the Super Bowl, then three years ago, then two years, then one year, and now Breeze is gone, and now it's like, all right, now we have to figure out our whole thing. And this is what's going to happen with this Yankee team. If they don't win the World Series this year, what is your excuse going to be next year? What do we, You know what I mean, Joe? What, what, what do we do next year that changes the future of this Yankee team? Is it one player? Is it two players? Is it a mentality? Because we went with the soft guy. We went with the 2020 men. We're going to be nice to you. We're going to coddle you. We're going to pat you on the back, even though when you spill milk on the floor, instead of saying that's wrong. Because that's why we got rid of Joe Girardi, right? Because he was too tough. Now we got the nice guy Aaron Boone. I'm not blaming him. But, I mean, something drastic has to change. Because I tell you one thing. If George Steinbrenner was alive right now, Half this team would not be on this team right now because he'd either be calling them out or they would have been shipped off for someone else. In, in 1992, Roberto Kelly made his first All-Star game and was blossoming into a star for the Yankees. I remember him. He had, an attitude, he had an attitude problem, and he used to pick on Bernie Williams mercilessly. 
He was he used to bully Bernie Williams, him and Mel Hall. Yeah. The Yankee drama from the early 90s. They traded Roberto Kelly to Cincinnati for Paul O'Neill. And that completely changed the clubhouse. That completely that was a, a World Series champion, Paul O'Neill. He wasn't the best player in baseball by any stretch. Paul O'Neill showed up and this team instantly became a year in, year out competitor. Mm-hmm. So you, you, while you're talking, people might be like, Ted's crazy, like a drastic trade. Teddy, you're right. If George was still running this thing, things would have things would have blown up two years ago. This would have been, this would have been unacceptable. Now, my last point, talking about, you, you call it an overreaction because it's six games in, and I get that. But to Trevor's point, it's Glaber, it's Gary, it's Judge Injuries. It's the same. It's, it's, it's yeah. Again, the 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 home run or nothing. It's been the same thing for four years. Insanity is uh, repeating this and and expecting a different result. Yeah, and that's ultimately what the Yankees have here. And I agree with what you guys are saying. Look, this is the best team in the American League. They'll win the East. They'll win a hundred games. Can they get to the World Series? Can they get Not to an ALCS like show? That. Can they even get to an ALCS? Because they haven't even been there since. 17. Uh, weren't they in the 2019? They were in the ALCS that year, right? They lost to Houston yeah, in game yeah, seven. Yeah, Bernard said that. They lost in game seven, but remember? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Bernard, I put that in the comments. Yeah, game so, six. So, game you know, six. Yeah, when correct. Yeah, with the whole cheating scandal. Absolutely. Yeah, now I know. Gotcha. Easy to discredit that and pretend that I, didn't I, happen. I was, was yeah. going to give the Astros a pass. No, but that's like, I know everybody wants to say, well, we said that last year. Oh, it's an overreaction. Well, the same issues that we had last year are still going on. Yep. Two years ago, the same issues. It's the same players. It's it's not an overreaction when it's been four freaking years. And this team that we thought four years ago, oh, yeah, this team's set up to win championships. They're going to win. This is the new future. This is the new young core. And we're still waiting for just to get to the World Series. So, no, that's not an overreaction, ladies and gentlemen. And if you think it is, then call us crazy. I don't really give a crap. You want to call us crazy, then stop posting your damn trades, your unrealistic trades. When Ted says drastic trades, we don't mean unrealistic, like trade Aaron Hex for Mike Trout and stuff like that, or Jacob DeGrom for uh, Michael King, something. We try to come realistic. We give you the real ex- realistic expectations because we're Italian. What are the can Italian- I point out, can I point out one other thing? Let me point out this, that in 2017 and in 2019, Gary Sanchez – had averages of 278, 232, 33 homers, 34 homers, uh, played 120 games plus in, in each of those years. And those were years that the Yankees went to or went deep into the playoffs. Yep. And so in the years where he was a disaster, they fall, they fall short in the postseason. And so again, right, when you talk about the same old problems, he's a huge problem. And I said this a couple weeks ago. Look, if Gary doesn't produce this year. They're looking at either something like Ted said, where maybe July, maybe you have to get a catcher in there. That that's a that is a realistic possibility that by July the Yankees may have to decide if this guy's not hitting and he's catching how more, poorly. Joe, how about a more concerning thing? How about a more concerning issue is Glaber at shortstop? I mean, I sent you that day. The Yankees, if Glaber's still struggling defensively, what do the Yankees do at the trade deadline? Do they? Well, that- do they go trade for a story or something? Sure, and that's where you can flip Glaber. I know, listen, I know no Yankee fan wants to hear that, but defensively, Trevor Story is a much better, um, 
better defensive shortstop, and he's just as good a hitter as Glaber is. Now, you could say, oh, it's Colorado. Oh, listen, you're either a good hitter or you're not. Now, maybe, yeah, it helps to play in a wider area and you hit a couple more home runs. But you know what? I'll take less home runs and a guy that's going to make every play at shortstop, like Jeter did, like other guys did, okay? There is no justification to you tell me that, oh, it's okay to have a half-ass shortstop. It's not. It really is not. You 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 need you need Joe. We said this right before the show. You're up the line defense, catcher, center field, center fielder should be your two best or three best defensive players on the team. You know that in youth baseball at nine years old. You know that at twenty years old. You know that at thirty years old. You know that at fifty years old. That's the way your baseball is constructed. And then you work around from there. Then your third baseman usually your strongest arm. Your first baseman usually a lefty or a big guy that can't move that well. So you put him at first. Okay. Your second baseman's just as good as your shortstop. He just doesn't have the arm strength. Then your right fielder usually has the cannon. Your left fielder can move like a center fielder, but he doesn't have the strongest arm. That's how baseball is currently constructed. That's how it's always been. What also concerns me, Trevor, and I don't know if you have this on the next question, is how does Stan need one day out of every five days off or four days off? Aaron Boomer says, I'm not going to play in five days in a row. All he's got to do is swing the bat. All he's got to do is swing the bat. This is why I put this main question, because this is a question of just branching off of, and that's why we've been talking for the past 18 minutes about it, because it's a one main question. I know it says the future plans of the Yan- for the Yankees, but this is more about just every little thing that's going on right now. And I know I people... Always, I just don't get... I know, but people could be right now. We'll have to have press. But I know Calvary people could record be- will never be touched. It won't even come close to a thousand games. They don't want guys to play games. How does Eli Manning play 237 straight games? How does Patrick Marlowe play an 877 straight hockey game when they're playing three, four times a week? How does LeBron at 36 years old play almost every night? How does James how does, now James Harden's rest? How does Tom Brady miss only one season in 20 freaking years? No, he doesn't get hit though. Eli got hit. They didn't have an offensive line for UI Manning. But what I'm but, saying is But the Yankees here's the thing where, though, Teddy. The Yankees have such great depth that they can afford to give these guys a day off or a half a day off. But isn't it frustrating, Joe? No, but isn't it frustrating, Joe, to see that it's only six games in and we're already dealing with an issue with Judge and it's a yes. like, about to begin the year. This yes. is, uh, some Yankee fans want to be like, Oh, we should give him a contract. I've already said it. I'm standing pat. I'm not giving him a contract. I'm yeah, really- no. See, I the Red Sox. Joe, I can't even the Red give Sox did with Mookie. Joe, I can't. Yeah, but Mookie, here's the thing: the difference between Mookie. Mookie stayed healthy. Mookie was great. See, we're already dealing with Judge is great when he stays healthy, but he can't. I'm not even giving this guy a hundred million dollars. Like, I'm just sorry. I just can't give a guy that is already dealing with injuries six games in. He's dealing with soreness, and it's every year. And like we've been talking for the past 18 minutes, call it an overreaction. Call it whatever the hell you want. It's hey. not. Because this has been going on for four years, not six games. May I interrupt you for one second, bud? That's why I So I have, the, I have the current lineup right now for the starting Yankees tonight. Gio is also not in the lineup. GJ will lead off. Stan will bat second, DH. Aaron Hicks will bat third at short uh, center field. Great. We're going to have another over four night. Glaber's going to bat first. Jay Bruce at first. Gary at catcher. Clint Frazier in right field. Mike Tockman in left field. Tyler Wade will be playing second base. Who's okay, so now I'm, I'm glad you gave us the Okay, now I'm glad you gave us the lineup. And this is one more thing I just want to say. And so you hear that lineup, and this is where I get more. And we always say, oh, well, Boone doesn't. Why is Aaron Hicks? And you saw me and Joe's reaction the moment you said Aaron Hicks in the three hole. For why the guy's batting 
close to under 100 right now. He's god-awful. He can't hit a freaking cold if he could try. I'd rather put Mike Bachman. I just don't understand the thinking of Aaron Boone right now. And this has been going on also with him, with his decision-making, since he's become the manager of the New York Yankees. And I've said it since day one. Because he doesn't want to hurt feelings, Trev. You don't want to hurt feelings. He hurt, he hurt Miguel Andujar's feelings and had no problem with that. Yeah, because because they didn't pay him four years and what forty? What was it? Four years, forty million, Joe? When yeah. and at the time, you, was it four? No, it was four years, eighty million. Wasn't eighty million? No, it was seven, seven years, years seventy million. million. No, seven years, seventy million. Seven years? Oh, it was seven. No, four four years. It was four forty. Yeah, it was four for forty for seven. Now, I remember two years ago. I remember this conversation. Conversation was the three of us, and Joe was like, "Listen." You and me, Trev, did not like the contract, but Joe kind of gave us like, "Hey, listen, it's a good contract." A guy who's nope. a switch hitter, got a good contract. Joe was a good defensive center fielder, really above defensive center fielder, switch hitter that added power and got on base a lot. Joe, do you still feel the same way two years later about that contract? I do, I do, because it's peanuts in the grand scheme of things. I mean, it really at ten million dollars a year, he's worth that now. He's two for 23 on the season. That's a 100 batting average. He's struck out nine times in 23 at-bats. He's got three walks, so that's a 217 on base percentage. Just yesterday, I read a quote from Aaron Boone. He said, for the foreseeable future, I don't see moving Aaron Hicks out of the number three spot. That is a problem for me. That's that's ignorant. I mean, here's the thing. Aaron Judge could go 0 for 30, and he's still hitting in the two-hole if he's healthy. Certain guys are maybe have favoritism on the Yankees. Cer- yeah, certain guys get a free pass when they don't perform. Gary Sanchez has a rough week. He's hitting eighth. <laughs> they don't They do not do that to anybody else. He only does it to certain players. Aaron Hicks has done nothing to earn being in the three spot. No. And again, I've been saying it since it, since they paired these two up. Putting anybody in between Judge and Stanton is stupidity at its absolute finest. The way the game's set up now, where you can't you can't bring relievers into the switchy 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 righty left, you can't do it anymore. Nope. All you're doing by putting Hicks between them is you're giving the pitcher five or six pitches of a break. Until he has to face another big, uh, another big boy. As of right now, it's Stupid. almost like it's a guaranteed out. Yes, like, that's what it's been so offense. far this year. Yeah. And I'm glad for one of the comments, it's not an overreaction because it's the same crap that's been going on for years now. This is not an overreaction, ladies and gentlemen. We are talking about the New York Yankees having the same issues year in and year out. Yeah, they said it earlier. Hold, hold on. Ted said it earlier. This team will win 90 to 95 to 100 games this year, most likely. They'll most likely win the ALEs. They will most likely get into the playoffs. And most likely, with the way that team is currently constructed, will be, again, maybe one and done or just maybe not even making the ALCS. There might be a saving grace in all this. Huh? I think there might be a saving grace in all this. And where, look at where I think the defense long-term this season could be more problematic than even the clutch hitting. I think the pitching, if the pitching stays healthy, and I have no reason to think that neither Tyone or Kluber, and they've been hurt the last couple of years. 
What are the? Ch- I mean, they're they're healthy and recovered. If they miss a, a couple, I mean, we can only hope. I right, sure. I wouldn't expect either of those guys to suffer a catastrophic injury this year. But again, I would say having already, it's it's low. I'm looking at this pitching staff, and we, look, we get to the postseason every year, and it's always is the pitching good enough? Is the pitching good enough? I think this year the pitching is good enough. Well, because you're gonna I think if you look at the rotation. And especially the way Jordan Montgomery's been pitching. Good Lord. Well, Joe. I'll tell you right now, this pitching staff could go up against anybody. The problem, again, is only what it is every postseason. Can they hit the aces on the other team? And, Joe, you make a great point because we've knocked the pitch. And then here's the other thing, Trev, you brought up earlier in the show. You're eventually going to get Severino back. Now, our expectation as most Yankees is, all right, he's going to be a number two, number three starter. He's similar. He's close enough to an ace. That okay, you know, I work him up. I work him up to that. Absolutely, absolutely. But having him progress, hitting his full stride in September, being able to go Cole Severino and whoever else you want. And now that he's already pitched in the postseason, even though they only would have pitched one inning, Debbie Garcia. Also, you have in the wings where you could bring him in long relief, wherever you see fit. So if you do have to sit Kluber or Italian or whoever needs some rest you're able to bring Garcia in and pitch. You know what I mean? So there is that flexibility. You're not going to have to probably go get a starter. And I didn't mention, and I, uh, excuse me, I did mention earlier, you're also going to get Zach Britton back eventually, right? Which we know what he, what his, his impact is to the contribution is to the Yankees team. Yep. He can pitch seventh, he can pitch the eighth, he can pitch the ninth, he can pitch one out. He can do whatever we need him to do, especially with, and I think Darren O'Day was a huge pickup in the offseason. Chad Green's been pitching well. And like you said, with the flexibility with this pitching staff, Michael King has pitched really well. I heard he wants to pitch up to 100 innings possibly this year. He looked really good at the end of the series against the Blue Jays. I know he came in in a tough situation for Herman, but I think he pitched, what, six scoreless innings. So there is great depth, and that's something that we can at least hang our head on because, hey, if there's one thing that we've talked about this team is pitching wins championships, right? Pitching and defense. Well, now it seems like we've gone opposite. We were offense. Now we got pitching. We got to get one of the other two right. We got to get something right. You know what I mean? I think yeah, my just real quick to call- add on to what, what Teddy said, uh, as far as uh, Davey Garcia and how he could end up becoming a swing man, don't forget, again, if this rotation is pitching well, hey, Severina comes back, maybe they ease him in. Don't forget, he, saying, was, yeah. he was a reliever early in his career. Herman yep. was a guy who came out of the bullpen. So, again mm-hmm. – the, the Yankees are going to get to the postseason with good starters, great depth in the bullpen. The closer thing's going to obviously worry us until he nails one of these things down. But again, to me, this is the best pitching the Yankees have had since the Mike Messina, Pettit, Clemens yeah. pitching staff days. And someone's That's how not good the that staff is. Roster. Someone's not going to be on that postseason roster as a pitcher. My That's biggest thing. Because they're going to have that many possible talented players, Trev. Now, my biggest thing before we go over to the NFL draft part is I just want to see this team hit in the clutch because this has been going on for far too long. We know this team can hit the long ball. They're going to be at the top of the league when it comes to home runs in the season. We get that. It's the New York Yankees. It's been going on for freaking 100 years. We understand. That's what they do. But the other thing that they always did well back in the day and even in the 90s when they were winning championships consistently, they were hitting in the clutch. Plain and simple. This team hasn't been able to hit in the clutch since that 17 team. Hence why they got to the ALCS that year, because they came up clutch. Guys like Dee, 
um, Fra Todd Frazier, just guys that unnamed, even back in the day, Scott Brocious, Bernie Williams, just guys like that that came up. Oh, quick. yeah, like Paul O'Neill, who batted third in the lineup. Yeah, guy, that guys that came up clutch. I don't care if there's a guy that can hit 40. a productive guy at three. Imagine that crazy Listen, thought. Like, Jeff, like, Jeff, I know you play a lot of baseball, but Joe knows this. Usually, your third hitter is your best hitter, Joe. Yeah, don't you? And your fourth is your big power guy. Your uh -huh. fourth is your big power guy. The third is usually your best hitter. Yeah, listen, the, the whole regret, the whole idea, the whole idea the that they, they they decided to bat judge second because of I believe it's a false notion that the that your number two hitter almost always ends up getting an extra at bat. Yes, that's what they were saying. And so they that. felt like they were maybe robbing at-bats from Judge in the three spot. That's why they wanted him to hit second. But again, you're right. I want a table setter at two. I want a, I want a, I want my best hitter at three. Derek Jeter, two hitter. Who do you believe when, is the best? Do you believe Judge is their best hitter? No. When, when all healthy? Their best all-around hitter, yes. That's when healthy, man. I would say when he's healthy, the problem is how often is he healthy? He's he's out more than he's in. So it, it's hard to gauge. Their best hitter is obviously DJ LeMayhew, but he's got to lead off. And so, again, that really forces your hand. If Glaber was hitting, he's the perfect two guy. I have the solution for number three. We put Brett Gardner. There you go. We're good. Mr. Reliable. Don't be shocked to see that in the next few days, especially if Judge does, does go on, on the uh, IL. I got one more thing before we do oh, it. Is, one more thing. This, you're going to like this. Glaber for Trevor Story, straight up. I like it. That's a fair trade. And Colorado it's a win would for Colorado, and it's, it's exactly I want, I want Trevor Story. I want Trevor Story. Straight up, dude. Maybe you throw, a, 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 maybe you throw a prospect in, but. To me, that, that feels that's a win-win. That to me is very much like the Soriano for A Rod trade. You you need relief. You want a quality player. This guy makes peanuts. This guy is is due to make a bazillion dollars. You know, pretty pretty fair swap. And again, I think the Yankees threw a a, a mediocre uh, uh, pitcher into that deal with Texas. I, I'd like something like that with Colorado. I think that's a win-win for everybody. I love your thinking, but me per. Uh... Preferably would like to have an Aaron Hicks, Mike Trout straight up. But anyways, let's get into this. Or that one. Yeah, that would be that's a better one. <laughs> but let's get into what's the matter, Ted? You look like you're. Uh, what's the matter? No, I, was I was laughing. Our boy, our, our boy Robbie Clark. I was just laughing. I was reading the comment. Goes Greg Bird was clutch, right? And then he fell off the face of the earth. He did come up clutch in that se that postseason. He was very I clutch. Care. I don't care. Yeah. Let's go on. Let's move on to something exciting. <laughs> All right, let's get over. Let's get over to the NFL, and it, and this is always the most exciting time for a lot of fans, especially guys like us. I love the NFL draft time because there's a lot going on, and this offseason specifically, it feels like every minute the NFL has been dominating the headlines. But recent news, we talked about it early in the year. Mac Jones, we at one point thought, oh, he'll make the first round. Now we're sure, talking about 27 for the Saints in your well, mock draft. I did my first mock draft. Well, Joe, I did have my first mock draft. And when you said the Saints, I had the Saints actually taking Mac Jones. Now, a couple weeks later, we're talking Mac Jones as maybe the third overall pick in the NFL draft this year. My question to you guys and Joe, I know you've been a big fan of Mac Jones. Is this a mistake for the 49ers? I know it's not guaranteed. It's not set in stone. But there's a lot of reports going out that the 49ers really want Mac Jones, and that's the guy they're going to take. But is so, it a mistake, or should they, t or should they really look into going Justin Fields? 
Well, if it were me, it would. it's a no-brainer. It's Justin Fields. Now, uh, Ted, Trevor and I talked about this before you jumped on with us. Um, Mac Jones is a very engaging, very smart, very funny guy. Mm-hmm. He sits down with the GM of the Niners or whichever team. They are blown away by his professionalism, his maturity, his intelligence, his sense of humor. He, His accuracy is off the charts. Really good quarterback, right? Surrounded by talent. Really took advantage of that. But he's, I think because of that, every time this guy sits down with somebody, his draft stock goes up. He hasn't, he hasn't played a single down since January. And his draft stock keeps going up. And it's, to me, it's, it's it, right, obviously. But again, more often than not, think about when Cam Newton got uh, took that 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 test, the Vorschach test, and scored like an eight. And they were like, oh, this guy's an idiot. Well, guess what? He is an idiot. You knew it before the draft he was an idiot. That's why they take these tests. So now here's the thing about Justin Fields. First of all, he's a black quarterback. Let's let's not pretend that's not there. So uh, it, to me, if you're Justin Fields, you already have to sort of overcome that thought in some people's heads. I'm a black quarterback. Yes. Let, now let's get down to business. Dan Orlovsky tore him up on ESPN the other day, unfairly and with uns- unsubstantiated accusations and claims. He called Justin Fields the last guy in, first guy out, said he had leadership problems. Herb None Street of which anybody, yeah, dude, I, and, and and kudos to Herb Street and for ESPN, saying. And ESPN had a talk between the two of them. So I want to just say one thing before you get with. I didn't realize this, Trev. What I do like about Mac Jones is Mac Jones was supposed to go to the University of Kentucky. I don't know if you knew that. And he pulled his offer from the University of Kentucky and chose Alabama because he wanted to challenge himself, knowing there was already Jalen Hurts, knowing there was already Tua, knowing that there's always a possibility that Alabama's going to get the number one or number two quarterback. And up until last year, we didn't even know he was going to be the starting quarterback. It was going to be the kid Bryce Young who was the number one quarterback. What I do like about him is he's intelligent. He's smart. He's decisive with the ball. His arm's not going to blow you off the field, okay? His, a- his athleticism, but he's smart and makes decisive. Now, what I've heard on reports is Kyle Shanahan wants a guy that's going to be a facilitator, like a point guard. Doesn't need to score me 50 points a game. Give me 10 points. But be he able might to be run. the best guy in this, game, in this draft. One, like a Jason Kidd. Jason Kidd yeah. wasn't a big scorer, but he ran the offense. Like a Rajon Rondo. You know what I mean? Not the greatest score, but dictates the offense, puts everyone in the right position, and gets the ball into the playmaker's hands when he needs to. Similar to what he did in Alabama. You know, he didn't have to – listen, when you have two top ten receivers, when you have Najee Harris, when you have the best offensive line, when you have the best coach, when you've never played behind in a football game, it's really easy to play. So that's that's what makes Alabama quarterbacks, though, really hard to evaluate because – you're going to have Waddle and Devontae Smith, and then you're going to have Najee Harris, and you're going to have their center is going to be drafted first round, and, and their left tackle was the best offensive lineman, Leatherwood. And as a team, they had the best defense, the best coach, and you, you never have to play in turmoil. You never have to play in duress because you're always playing with the lead. So that's well, why you mean you Alabama know. has bad quarterbacks too? Because I know everybody thinks Ohio State's the only college that yeah, has. I thought it was only Ohio State and not only USC and Oregon and, and UCLA. I mean, Oregon, all these teams. So when I say that, I like Mac Jones. All right. I'll be honest with you. I do like Mac Jones. Do I, I think he's the third best player in, the, in, in this draft? Absolutely not. The reason why I hesitate about taking Mac Jones under Justin Fields, and then I'll let you two do what you got to do, is I look back at five years from now, 
I could see Justin Fields being the guy like, oh, my God, he's an MVP candidate. He's a Deshaun Watson. Why did we take Mitchell Trubisky over Deshaun Watson? We knew Deshaun Watson was a championship caliber player, was there in tough times, even though he, he played with Greg Allen Clemson, too. He won. Don't overthink the thing. You look at Mac Jones, I don't think you're going to be like, man, I didn't draft Mac Jones. He goes number eight or 12 and be like, damn, he's going to be an MVP. No, he'll probably end up being, if he goes to the Patriots at 15 or they draft up to eight and come get him or four, it's not going to be like, damn, he's an MVP caliber. No, but I can look at Justin Fields maybe five years down the road and go, oh my God, why didn't we just take him? But no, we didn't. And and here's, and I'll, I, I said I was going to finish, but when plays break down in the NFL and you're not able to, think real quick on your feet being able to run away from really fast defenders helps you mac jones ain't going to be able to run anywhere except cutting and that's what justin Fields. at least if he can't read the play well he could tuck in and run and get you five to seven yards and well you now- said here's the, you did say that the 49ers want a facilitator well in yeah. shannon's offense if you know they like to run a lot of run a lot of screens Mac Jones is the perfect guy for that. Get the ball out quick. He doesn't have to always stand in the pocket where they they might feel like, okay, this guy might be perfect for offense. He gets the ball out quick. He's smart. He knows he reads the defenses really quickly off the bat. Bam. We can get it to Samuel. We can get it to IU. We can get it to the running backs. Dish it out to them. Kittle. He's that type of guy. That's why I could see the 49ers taking him. But like you said, Ted, in today's day and age, you're seeing the way the quarterback position is changing. And I'm not even just talking about Joe, and I said this as well. This is not even just for African-Americans. You have quarterbacks like Josh Allen, very, very, a dual threat. Daniel Jones, you could put in that. I know he's not a great quarterback yet, but he is a dual threat guy. He's one of the best. Justin Herbert? Justin Herbert is another guy that can move. Joe Burrow has some athleticism. He's They're not pocket. They're not freaking statues anymore. This isn't like the Eli days or the Brady and Breeze days. It's not like that anymore. Hell, even Aaron Rodgers can move in the pocket. That's what quarterbacks is. And when I see a guy like Mac Jones, who has had the greatest talent, maybe in all of college football the past couple of years, everything's a lot simpler. And But the 49ers have a good situation. Whatever quarterback goes there, whether it's Lance, Fields, or Jones, and they're not going to be starters right off the bat. They're going to sit for a year. They have a good offensive line. They got a good defense. They have some playmakers on the offense. That's the best situation you can see. I mean, Lawrence is going to go to Jacksonville. He's going to be the first. He's going to be the starter without question. Wilson's going to be the starter right off the bat. Those two quarterbacks, that's going to be tough. That's going to be tough for both of them to, to really succeed right off the bat because they're in crappy situations. It's the reason why they're one and two. The 49ers, you look at that situation, I, I know they had a struggling year last year, but you look at that situation, great coaching staff, a good offensive line. They trained Trent Williams long-term. They got a great defense with all those injuries coming back. And then you got weapons. That's a perfect situation. Hell, you can even put Atlanta in that because they got a great offense. They don't have to start right off the bat either because you got Matt Ryan. I mean, whatever team drafts or whatever quarterback goes there, it could be a win-win. Now, I don't know who it's going to be. I don't know if it's going to be Mac Jones. I don't know if it's going to be Trey Lance. I think this Justin Fields second workout with the 49ers going there, though, it, is a t- it kind of is – I know maybe nobody's going to make a big deal about it, but it could be a telling sign because they're going to go see him now in person because his first pro day was excellent. What, well, they may- John Lynch maybe, they, maybe they went to Mac Jones and were like, you know what, he's maybe not the guy – 
really want to run our offense. Well, and the reason why this is big is because John Lynch and Shanahan are going. They were at Mac Jones' second pro. Yes. They were not at Justin Fields' first. So for them to make the – and listen, this is a changing thing. There was no combine. So you didn't have all the inter-meetings. You didn't have the personal one-on-ones. You didn't have all the stuff that you would normally get. So yep. you really got to do your homework on these guys yes. because you don't give up three first-round picks to take – Somebody you think is going to be okay. You think he's he's got to be great. Yep. He has to be. You're in the that's top five. You're taking top five pick. You have to pick somebody that's great. Exactly. You can't uh, have what if. Literally just reading uh, per Justin Fields' agent, he's going to do uh, his second pro day April 14th. Kyle Shanahan has said they will be there for it. Yeah, they're good. yeah. That's a telling sign. I think it's a now, sign. I just saw another article and I thought it was. It's interesting. Is this Mac Jones a smokescreen? And I can't help but think to myself, well, why? You already know who one and two are. What difference does it make who San Francisco takes? Because you have a team like, oh, because of the fact that maybe there's a team like Denver or New England or hell, if you even want to put the Washington football team up there, that is a team that's looking for a quarterback. And maybe they're like, oh, oh crap. It's kind of like the Daniel Jones. Like, there's teams that were maybe trying to trade up to get Daniel Jones because of the fact that they really wanted him. To me, doesn't this just more or less screw Atlanta? Because now, I mean, listen, let me explain. You take, you you, you go Lawrence one, Wilson two, right? Now, say you don't take Mac Jones at three. Say you take Fields. Yeah. Well, it suddenly makes the, well, check, check that. Let's say they take Jones at three. Doesn't that make the four pick? 10,000 times more valuable? I think now if you're Atlanta, now if you're Atlanta, you just figure out who the hell wants just who wants fields. Come get the number four pick. We'll trade back and and and, and acquire some assets. That would be a great move for Atlanta. So to me, all the 49ers are doing right now, if this is some kind of, of a smokescreen, is screwing things up for Atlanta. Because if you already know they're taking Mac Jones, well, the number four pick is wide open, baby. Come get it. But unless, unless Atlanta decides they want Justin Fields for themselves. Colin, did make a, Colin Coward made a good point yesterday, though, in the fact of maybe this this is really the only team we've heard that's really keen on going after Mac Jones and 49ers. I haven't, maybe I should, yeah, like I haven't heard a lot of teams say, oh, I really want Mac Jones. But sometimes that's a good thing, though, Trev. You know how we talked about stuff where everyone seems to. That's what I'm saying. Could it be smoke and mirrors? Could it be smoke and mirrors? Like Joe just said that it's all. Oh, Mac Jones, he's definitely the pick. Which maybe. maybe. There's a lot of smoke and mirrors. A lot of now because there's reports that Dallas is intrigued by Kyle Pitts. So are they going to come up to four? Because people are like Pitts ain't going to make five or six. So if Pitts ain't ain't making top six, you got to you got to come get him. So now Justin, here's the other thing. Report. Watch Peter Schrager. I like Peter Schrager. Really knows his stuff. You checked out his mock drafts last couple years. He's been pretty on. He said there's no guarantee that Carolina doesn't. If Justin Fields or Trey Lance is sitting there at eight, they don't take him. They're only paying $11 million for the next two years in Sam Darnold. And they only they, didn't, him give a, they didn't give him a $100 million extension. Okay? Nope. There's not that many quarterbacks next year. Based on, the, based on the reports, you know, a guy like Zach Wilson can pop out of nowhere. Joe Burrow, where you didn't yep. know. It happens. But, listen – you don't want to fall in a row where you don't have your quarterback for the future. Okay. We've seen that Pittsburgh's in that situation right now. Chicago's in that situation right now. You know, the giants were almost in that situation. I think the giants are still a little pressed on that situation where, listen, we don't know yet about Daniel Jones. We're hoping he's the right guy. We, listen, the year, the year before that we were talking, they should have took Sam Donald instead of Saquon. 
Then we were hoping Herbert was going to come out. He did, and he waited. We missed out on Herbert. Listen, oh, you got to player in the NFL. You got to get the listen. At the end of the day, you have to get the position right. You have to get the quarterback position right, or else you're going to be drafted in the top ten in in a yearly basis. And we know that personally as Giant fans. Now, I think the most valuable pick, and as you have it, Trev, is for Atlanta. Atlanta now can can really change Atlanta. roster. They revalue um, distributed Matt Ryan's contract. They still are going to have to pay him for the next three years. They just changed it, how they're going to do it, into signing bonus and whatnot. They need defensive help. They need defensive help. Their offense is not the problem. Matt Ryan, we'll go look at his stats, has been phenomenal every year. He leads a year every year. in Passing, completions, yards, touchdowns. He's one of the top five quarterbacks passing stats-wise. That's what they do well, right? Gurley, they, they can use a running back, but you can find one later on or in free agency. They need defense. So that's why New England looks good right there. I told you, Chicago could come all the way up to four. And I said, holy, no way. If Chicago was willing to give up, what were they willing to give up, Trev? Three first-round picks and two players for, for Russell Wilson. They probably would have to give up a little bit less than that. But if they need to go get a quarterback, if Justin Fields or Trey Lance is saying they're four, hello, do any Andy Dawn start like Ryan Fitzpatrick for the first six games and then whoop, you slide them in. They need Or Washington, you're at 19. Is Ryan Fitzpatrick really going to be your future quarterback or, or Tyler Heineke for 16 games? I'm surprised, I'm surprised that those teams didn't go more heavier at the Jets with this, uh, with regards to Darnold. I was listening to that. Like, what what Darnold went for? I mean, for a six-round pick, a second-round pick next year, and a fourth-round pick. That's peanuts for a guy that's only 24 freaking years old still. 23. 23, exactly. okay, so 23, he's younger than Joe Burrow. And he's been in the league for three years, going on four years. How those teams, how are you really stuck with Andy Dalton and and, and Trubisky? And uh, Fitzpatrick is beyond me. It's beyond me that they didn't go harder after Sam Darnold. And I don't really feel for those teams. I don't feel for the Washington football team. I don't feel for the Chicago Bears. They made their decisions. If you really wanted your future quarterback, you're going to have to go make a trade now all the way up to – you're going to have to trade almost 15 to 16 spots – to come up to get your guy, or you could have went to go get Sam Darnold for peanuts, and instead you went to go get Ryan Fitzpatrick and Andy Dalton. Well, good luck to the Bears, and good luck to the football team. Well, they're in our division. I could care less about it. So, the football think, team. What a stupid name. I don't have a problem with it. It's, it's all right. The thing it's actually that, kind of cool. I'll be honest with you. I don't have a problem with it. I don't. I actually don't. It's not that bad. The thing that concerns me about this pick is that the Dallas Cowboys are in love with Kyle Pitts. And Jerry Jones is bold, and we know this because we've seen it forever. And that gets me nervous that if they go up to four, you know they're going to take Kyle Pitts. You, oh, add, that, you add that weapon to that offense, which is already stacked with receivers and a good running back, and you get Dak back, and that offense line is going to come back. Boy, that's going to be a scary offense. So what is Atlanta going to do? Because they've already said they're openly to trading the fourth pick. The teams that come to mind right off the bat, Dallas, Denver, New England. I do just they, can't help but think if do Atlanta if, does Atlanta stay pat and draft a quarterback, or do they draft another uh, player, whether it's Penny Sewell or it's Pitts or Jamar Chase? No, I think they need to they I think back. they need to trade back, like they said. That's why they said they're open for business. And I think that's where Joe was going with this. Yeah, listen, their offense is okay. Or, or is good enough to win to get to the to the playoffs and win a Super Bowl. It's their defense. 
that is an issue. And you can re you can change your team in one draft. And by trading back to wherever it is, 10, 9, 15, you can pick up multiple first rounds. You get you flexibility. We talked about this even with the Giants. Getting more picks doesn't mean always a great thing, but it gives you flexibility to get the player that you I want. I mind if the Giants want. traded back a little. Yeah, 100%. But listen, if, if I'm Atlanta, I'm probably waiting until literally draft day. Absolutely. I'll make some calls, get put my feelers out. I want to make sure that the Niners are really taking Mac Jones at three before I decide I'm moving that fourth pick. Because I'll tell you, to me, if I'm Atlanta and Justin Fields is there at four, I'm taking him. I'm taking him. I'll sit him a year. I don't care behind Matt Ryan. And I'll, if Matt Ryan doesn't improve, I'll trade him. That's what I'm saying. Plain and simple. I, I'm with you, Teddy. I, 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 again, I said this to Trevor earlier. To me, Atlanta needs to trade back. Get some assets. You need assets. If you can get a couple draft picks and a defensive player from somebody even. It's never been about the offense for them. It's always Absolutely. Been about the but again, I would say it kind of has to be a little bit because what I was saying a couple weeks ago, you guys, is you look around the NFL, all of these teams are, have decided that these quarterbacks aren't good enough. Jared Goff, Sam Darnold. I mean, yeah. you you know what you have now, and you know what they have to do in order to 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 beat the the better teams. And it, it became easy for teams like all right, we're moving on, and that's what you have to do. This is a this is a very different NFL the last few years. You've got dominant quarterback play. You got, uh, I mean, when you think about Pat Mahomes, I mean, right, like off the charts. And the only guys that really can challenge him right now are Lamar Jackson. And Josh Allen. In the AFC. I think you'd be really hard-pressed right now to tell me there's another team. I mean, maybe, maybe the Colts would be really good. I would say the Colts. We'll see what the Colts. Again, the on, on paper, I have to say, those are the three teams in the AFC. And well, so, anyone in the AFC, again, that's got to be what you're thinking about. I want to say the Chargers because if, if they can get a healthy Derwin James – Trev, you know about him very well. What is oh, I love Darwin James. I think, he, I think he's one of the special defensive players in the league. Absolutely. Yep. Joey Bose is one of the best defensive ends in the game. Melvin Ingram, they listen, they Melvin have Ingram's not on the team. They, huh? Melvin Ingram's not on the team. He's not where, where'd he go? He's a free agent. I was not aware of that. I apologize. I thought they had re-signed him a year ago and gave him the extension. My apologies. But listen, that team has always been talented. All right, and they got the quarterback, and he's good enough. Choke. Listen, uh, absolutely similar to Atlanta. Similar to Atlanta, very talented teams that choke when it matters. All right, but I think Herbert. If you were talking quarterback play, I think quarter Herbert is showing at least in his first season that he's talented enough and good enough to win you big games. I think Baker Mayfield showed me a lot this year in progression that he can win you big games. I agree. Josh with Allen him. definitely did. Josh Allen Lamar Jackson. All right, and and we'll see what Carson Wentz because if Carson Wentz can get to where he was even close to where he was three years ago when he was almost the MVP caliber, the Colts are a Super Bowl caliber team. All right, and, and, and now you have challenges. Now you have some teams there, okay? Because we know how the NFC is. The NFC, I feel, is loaded. I mean, there's just talent everywhere. The NFC West is loaded. Dallas, if they could figure out their defense, is. Forget about the NFC East, the great NFC East. Can't forget about them. Ah, don't worry about them. So. But oh, no, my thing is, my thing is, if I'm Atlanta, I'm seriously, yeah, you're thinking trading back, try to pick up some pieces. You need defensive help. You have to literally think, though, you can't be in a situation 
like the Pittsburgh Steelers right now that, yeah, they got Ben. They still got a, a quality quarterback, but they're in, they're kind of screwed because they have to find a future quarterback. You don't but want I do be- agree with Joe. It has to be a draft day deal that we're like, okay, you wait till one goes through. Now you start talking. You find out what San Francisco is doing. It won't be a deal, I don't think, beforehand. But who knows? Listen, if Dallas comes calling and says, we want the four, we're going to give you a 10 this year, we're going to give you our first round next year, and a third round, Atlanta's going to go, all right, I pick up an extra first round, pick up an extra third round, I'm still going to get the 10th pick. I can go get Mika Parsons or one of the top corners at nine, which either one of those two guys. But they have to seriously consider drafting a quarterback at four. I know Atlanta- not bad. Matt Ryan is not bad, but still you have to seriously contemplate. Okay. Well, this is a good quarterback class. We don't Here's have the to problem. Off the bat. Of these quarterbacks will, will not pan out. All right. And there's five of them, which means probably two will succeed. Three will fail, which will be more than 50% will fail. And Trevor, yeah. I don't know if you saw the stat. Colin said, I think it was since 2010, only 8% of the first round quarterbacks have really succeeded in the first round. And it's like 16% of the total quarterbacks drafted since 2010 have really succeeded. Cause we've seen this. Listen, we, we before we even got into this show today, it was, should Miami even take a quarterback at three? Remember before they traded back? And they had just drafted two, and it was a tank for two. We are in a league where, like, if you had not Kyle Murray or Herbert or Josh Allen are really impressing us, you're out, bro. You are out. We, we'll, go, we'll, we'll just find someone next year who's more talented. You, we can't wait because then you fall into a rut of, all right, our team is good, our team is talented, but our quarterback stinks. And if your quarterback stinks, you have no shot winning in the NFL. Plain and simple. You can win games with a bad defense or a battle or like bad special teams or, or, or no running game or no passing. If you have the legit quarterback, because the quarterback and everything stems from there. He is the engine. It's like your car, your car can't run. If your engine don't work, everything else could be here. You have great wheels. Your paint job's nice. You got tents. Your pistons are good. Your brakes are good. But your engine sucks. Well, you're going nowhere. You're stuck in the garage. So, I mean, I know it's a, probably a weird metaphor. I'm all over the place, but hey, all right, Ted, we know we we know you're consistent with the weird metaphors. Me and Joe have come to the conclusion and agreement that you come up the weird. Metaphor. All right, Joe, got you one more thing. Let's go. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I just wanted to point out, uh, Melvin Ingram went to visit the Chiefs and yeah. uh, had a great visit and left without an offer, and they still haven't made him one. And there doesn't appear, for some ungodly known reason. No one else is interested in Melvin Ingram, or at least has shown public interest, which is insane. I'm surprised the Giants haven't even thrown a flyer. Like, hey, will you take a one-year, $3 million deal? I mean, sure. listen, who knows? he'll probably get signed sometime during August and July when training camp, when injuries happen. That's when a lot of the free agents – listen, there's nothing wrong with that. He'll stay in shape. He'll be ready. The teams are going to see what happens in the drafts, and that's when it'll probably happen. The leftover free agents will be taken after the draft where you see who's who's the guys that are going to be signed. So, listen, Giants need pass rushing. Uh, and yeah, we we're not going to get into the Giants yeah. yet. No, no need to. We got two more mock drafts coming out. So we got by the end of this week or by the weekend, we're going to have mock draft 3.0. And then before the draft, which is April 29th, we will have mock draft, our final official mock draft. The 27th, bud. No, it's the 29th. Get it right. Get it right. Get it right. Get it tight. You're out of your mind. You're out of your mind. Let's see, the Let's see how the Yanks perform this week, too. We can only hope. Let's, let's hey, they're on right now. What are they losing? 10 nothing already? 
I don't know. Judge is 0 for 4. Hicks is 0 for 7. Not playing. 8Ks. Oh, 0 0 bottom first. Oh, so they're up right now. Anything good? No, they're not up. They're in Tampa, bro. They're in. Oh, I thought they were at home. I don't, I don't get to see the Yankee game. Yeah, well, again, that's why Judge isn't playing is because, you know, he – again, this is problematic. They play their 19 uh, – not 19 times. They play 19 times. You know, you're bigger you're, – you're, but you're playing 10 games, 9 or 10 games in Tampa. Is he not going to play any of the games in Tampa because he doesn't like the turf? The turf's too hard on his body? Are you serious? I can't do this. We'll have to see how it goes this weekend. Sign me up. I'm ready to play, Joe. Put me in, Coach. This is, all this is what I'm going to finish off with. How the hell is guys like Ruth DiMaggio Mantle, who survived on beer, hot dogs, and smoking cigars, played 162 games, and guys like Judge, who are probably in better shape than all of us put together, no offense, Ted, how is he missing games each and every day? Speak for yourself, Chubbs. I'm not Chubbs, bro. I'm looking good right now. I don't know what yeah, you're talking about. Those hips are looking a little wide. I got like, what do you want me to do about it? I was born with it. I'm more gonna... squats, bud. Do more squats. Squats? <laughs> yeah. Listen. Yo, if you keep it up, I'm going to cut your hair. I'm going to cut your hair. Trev, I can't use the word that I want to use, so I'm done. I think I know what it is. I, I, yeah. I think we have a good, I think we have a good idea. Losers. 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 <laughs> so, yes, we will be back next week. After another highly entertaining show, Joseph, as always, thank you for joining us. We are streaming on all social media platforms at Keys to the City, so subscribe, comment, share, and like. Overcrest Media presents Keys to the City. We are out. Yeah. Keys to the city, baby. When you see us, so you know you really viewing greatness in the making. Double up on facts we stating. Podcasting, cruise control, city, state, the nation. So what you saying, what we saying, prime information. Facts, keys to the city, we're unlocking the statements. Streaming every Friday.